Hey guys, this is And The Writer Is, and I'm your host, Ross Golan. I've written with hundreds of artists and writers over the years, and my favorite part of each session is the first hour when we catch up about life, the industry, politics, composition, whatever. So this is a journey of learning why people write songs, how people write songs, and most importantly, who the people are who write the songs. I'm producing this with The Great Joe London, Big Deal Music Publishing, and Mega House Music Management. If you want to listen to the songs we discuss in this podcast, follow us on our socials, find out about special events, or buy some of our merchandise, go to our website, www.andthewriteris.com. Oh, and if you enjoy this podcast, please rate us on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast listening site is. We really appreciate that effort. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This week's guest is Julia Michaels. She not only has written hits for probably the biggest pop stars in the world and the defining ones at that, but as an artist, she recently had her song Issues go six times platinum worldwide. She also released her mini-album Nervous System this summer, which was critically acclaimed, and it included her other single, Uh Uh-Huh, which also went top 40. I don't think there are a lot of notes that I need to clarify for this one, so let's just get straight into it. Here is, and the writer is, featuring Julia Michaels. Welcome to And The Writer Is. I am your host, Ross Golan. This week's writer-artist may be the most influential topliner of the past three years and is now a platinum-selling artist. At only 16, she burst onto the writing scene and within a few years became the voice behind some of the greatest artists of multiple generations, including Selena Gomez, Britney Spears, and Gwen Stefani, as well as Justin Bieber, Nick Jonas, and Linkin Park. I've described her craft as the closest thing our community has to Picasso. From Santa Clarita, California, by way of Davenport, Iowa, this writer is compassionate, honest, and my friend. And the writer is my vote for best new artist, Julia Michaels. (laughs) Hello. Hi. That was a nice introduction. (laughs) You know, I mean, how often do you get to say that stuff to people? That's awesome. Um... So you were born? I was born in Davenport, Iowa. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. I moved to California when I was like three or four. So Do you remember Iowa at all? Yeah, I actually go back every couple months because my mom still lives there and all my family lives there. She moved back when I was 16, so I go back as much as I can. Do you stay there? Like, yeah. or do you like go for like two? Like, cause like I go home, I go, I go home for like two days now or three days. Like, and you're at like the I most, can't do I'm this. Like, <laughs> I used to go for like ten days at a time and think like this is great because my mom can, 
you know, cook food for me. Right. And then I don't have to think yeah. about life Pretty and much. stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's, maybe My I should still do that. My mom makes the most kick-ass grilled cheese sandwich, and I pretty much go home for that. Does she use American cheese? Mm, she uses, like, the shittiest cheese you could find, but it's it's just it's just so good. Do you, um, do you cook? I don't cook. I bake. Though, ah. yeah. I, What's it? What? What? I mean, I guess I know the difference, but what? What is the difference? I'll tell you, Ross. Okay. Okay. So I'm I'm a very anxious person, and I find that structure helps me feel more calm. Cooking is a lot of spontaneity. It's like a dash of this and a sprinkle of that, and you know, like making it. And baking is all math. It's all laid out properly and. If you copy the ingredients and the instructions to a T, you'll always get a perfect result. And so, like, the perfectionist and, like, the anxious person in me loves to bake. When did you figure that out? When I was around 16 is when I started started to realize that I had anxiety and what it was. I literally thought I was dying every... 20 minutes. Like when you were 16, it just started happening? Yeah, I think once I started... I was homeschooled. Uh I think it was once I started writing professionally, the the pressure that I put on myself was so overwhelming that I just started getting anxiety, and I had no idea what it was. I was at the doctors all the time. Where did it come from? Like, I mean, I get the pressure, but, like, is it, is it something that, that's genetic? Or, like, where did the pressure come from? Who was telling you? I think I just, I'm really hard on myself, and I think, uh, I think I just put it on myself. Did you play an instrument before, or did you sing? Obviously, you did growing up, because you, know, I, you don't just start at 16 out of nowhere. I started writing poetry when I was a kid, uh... I, I even won, like, a fourth-grade writing contest for, like, a poem I had written. What was it called? I think it was called something like Your Love, even though I had no idea what the hell I was talking about when you're in fourth grade. So I started with poetry, and then my mom my mom got me a piano. We, we were really broke growing up, and one day my mom was driving me to, um, to school. I, I went to a homeschooling program, and there was this... Baby Grand Cheyenne Kimball on the street that someone was selling. And my mom pulled over and I could play a little bit. I could play by ear. And she knocked on the door. The guy came out and she's like, I would love to take this from you. I don't have the money right now, but I can come back in like in like a day. And bring it and, you know, pay for it. She was like, here, take take my wedding ring. It's it, like my parents have been divorced for years. So she was like, no, <laughs> no seriously, for real, take, take it. it. <laughs> and she's like, take this as collateral. Yeah. I'll be back. And we just never went back because we couldn't afford it. But we took the piano. and. So your mom traded your dad's <laughs> yeah. wedding ring for your first piano that turned out to be a good deal it did, yeah <laughs> how soon um from when you got the piano did you start making songs almost instantly i would i had books of poetry that i would just 
flip through and and I know I know pretty much three chords. So, you know, just enough to get my ideas down and I would just kind of take my favorite poems and play those chords and try and find melodies that would work for for them. Did someone teach you how to write poetry? No. It just was like a thing you just started doing it. Yeah. I just wanted I loved finding rhymes that worked with with others that weren't like moon and june that that were just different and I love just putting words together. I think because I spent so much time alone, I didn't really have friends growing up. Because of the homeschooling? Because of homeschooling, because I'm just naturally kind of an introverted person, which you wouldn't know because you've known me for years. You know, and a lot of the times with new people, I'm really observant and kind of quiet. And then once you get to know me, I'm like, ah! <laughs> um, Why were you homeschooled? Uh, I was homeschooled because my mom uh, tried to get me to do acting when I was a kid. For Is a that while. why you moved to California? I moved to California. My dad uh, d- did security at Warner Brothers. My dad actually moved here because he wanted to be an actor. And my mom and my dad weren't married. And my dad was like, I was living in Iowa at the time with my mom. And my dad was like, I want to see my kid. Like, come out here, please. L- like, move here. And my mom was like, I'm not moving unless you marry me. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> they got married. We moved here. Um, and then they got divorced like three years later. Uh, and we just stayed. Um, so That makes sense. Yeah. Did you ever try the acting thing? I did. It wasn't something that my... It wasn't really... Weird. Like... I, you know what's funny? My mom pushed me to do a lot of things when I was a kid. She pushed me to do dancing, and she pushed me to do acting. She never pushed me to sing because my sister sang in the family. And she never pushed me to write because I don't think my mom knew how that world worked. So she never she never pushed me on it. And I think like the rebellious kid in me was like, I'm going to be a songwriter because you don't know, you don't know how this works. And then, and then I started singing my own demos and, and then it just kind of became something that I just fell in love with. Your sister has had, you know, she's a successful writer, artist in her own Mm -hmm. right. You know, when, when you're younger and you're, are you learning from her? Are you watching her? Oh, all the time. I don't. I don't feel like musically you guys sound the same. No, so it's like, we are so. Did different. you purposefully write music that was different from her, or is it just these are just two different humans? They just happen to be related. Yeah. No, we are just completely different people. We grew up in the same house, but we are so different. I actually used to write songs for her to sing when I was younger. I would. I would be like, okay, here, sing this, and I'd play it and have her sing the songs. So did she ever record them? No, it's just something that we did for fun. When you were young. Yeah. Like, how young were you when you were doing that? Like 12 or 13, maybe. And, Crazy. Um, and did, your, did your parents recognize that the songs were pretty good? Or was it sort of a thing no, where it's like, oh. No, not at oh. all. I would, I would be like, Mom, I wrote this song. She'd be like, that's nice, honey. <laughs> Do you ever go back and listen to them? Do you have recordings of any No, absolutely not. 
When did you start doing? Because you you were you were saying you started doing demos. Were you demoing yeah. other people's songs or write? You know, you were writing and demoing or both. Yeah. Or? So my sister used to used to do demos around the city, and that's kind of how I got into a lot of the studios. And at a really young age, she would sing, and I would just watch her sing. And I just found it so fascinating. I was always her biggest fan when I was growing up. And then as I got older and I really wanted to have music be what I do, it's, you know, it's not that easy when you're first starting out and you have to make a living. So I started doing demos um, just around the city with different people. And uh, that's really how I started meeting people. I met Lindy Robbins through a a demo that I had done for her and Ian Kirkpatrick, and which is so crazy because so who like who heard you and was like yo you got to do this I'm gonna go and do this demo I mean somebody heard you and was like yeah. hey hey that that girl can sing a lot of it is was just kind of word of mouth I I did a lot of demos when I was writing with Jolene Bell as a kid and then I did a lot of stuff for Wait, who, explain who that is okay so. Jolene Bell is a is a songwriter. She does a lot of stuff for like Nickelodeon and 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 like commercial promos and library music and and stuff like that. So I met her through doing a demo, and actually no, I met her because my sister did a demo, and my mom at the time, I was like, Mom, don't make me sing for her. Don't make me do it, please. And of course, the first thing she says when we walk in is, "Honey." you should sing for her. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so I sang on the piano. I sang a Juliet Sims cover because I was very into her when I was 15. And she was like, we should write sometime. And I was like, okay, sure. So one day I was going to go meet my friend at the mall. And my mom picks me up. She's like, you're not going to the mall. We're going, you're going to go write. And I was like, what? Okay, let me call Allison and tell her I'm not going to come because she's waiting for me. Allison's at the mall <laughs> right now. So, um, so yeah, we and then we started doing library music, which is, you know, songs for the backgrounds nice of, yeah. Nice. Um, and I, we started that when I was 16. And then when I was 17, we did a theme song for a Disney show called Austin and Allie. And that's kind of when it all started but in the midst of that I was still doing demos and stuff and so Jolene and Lindy were really good friends and Lindy asked her if I could sing and if I could write and Jolene was like yes I wouldn't have invested my time into her if I didn't think that she could do this mm -hmm. and so I met Ian uh it was a, it was a song that they had me demo I hadn't met Lindy yet but I met Ian did this song and then I did another demo for Lindy, and then she was like, we should write. And I think, like, the first five songs that we did together all got placed, like, right off the bat. Like, wow. We did Miss Moving On. I think that was our second session for Fifth Harmony. We did a song called Firestarter for Demi. We did Slow Down and Undercover, which was on Selena Stardance, Star's Dance album. Like, we just, like, had something really special really quick together did you realize how unusual that is at the time or was it sort of like oh yeah. no this makes sense well I the, it was my first real look at 
success. So I didn't really know what it was, how it worked. And Lindy would always tell me, like, this never happens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This never happens. Right. <laughs> I'm like, well, awesome. When, um, so I guess the Fifth Harmony song was the first, like, real single. Yeah. Um, did you get to hear it on the radio? Oh my gosh. So I remember they were going to perform it on Kiss FM. They were going to do an, an acoustic version of the song live on Kiss. And so someone told me what time it was going to come on first time. So I was driving around in my Ford Escape, just waiting for it to happen. And then the minute it came on, I had to pull over because I was just crying. You know, you get a hundred no's before you get a yes. And then when you hear that yes on the radio, it's like, it's just the most surreal and overwhelming feeling. I still cry every single time I hear a new song of mine that I've written on the radio or sung. I hope now, it's not every time you hear a song of yours because like you'd be one. like, you'd be sitting in your car the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. I just wanted, it's always the first time. I'm just trying time. to get to CBS and I can't because. <laughs> Every song I hear is <laughs> it's true though, always. The first time I hear it, it's it's like it just kills me. Um did you meet the artists? Like were you meeting Fifth Harmony and, and Demi and Selena? Because I guess you're about the same age as yeah. as all of them. So I mean were you I didn't meet making them making friends were you friends with them? No, I didn't meet them until after the fact. Um I met Selena the day that we recorded Slow Down. And then we didn't speak until we were working on Revival. Um, wow. Which was, what, two years ago now? Yeah. Uh, I had written a song called Nobody. And she loved the song and wanted to make it her own. So she had me and a co-writer, uh, Shane Stevens, come in and rework it with her and I sat down and I hadn't seen her in so long it had to be about four years maybe and she was like I feel like we're going through the same things because you are writing literally everything that I feel and it's it's just bizarre and I'm like it's very possible are you in like a super fucked up relationship (laughs) (laughs) and we just bonded over that really quick and uh yeah and then we did I we did eight songs together on revival and it was a it's, magical moment. It's nuts. When when in that did you meet um I guess the order of things you, you before you get to revival. Yeah. You meet Justin. Your well even before I was going to say before that you meet your publisher. Oh, oh. You meet your manager. Oh. Right? Yes. So like where do how do you get from like Okay, I've got these cuts. Now all of a sudden, right. I'm teaming up with profe- right. professional people who are going to help because you're no. It's at some point your mom right. isn't the one who's making the call saying like, you've got to hear Julie. Someone else starts making that call. Lindy was like, "You need a manager. You need someone that's going to say no on your behalf if you're if you're too scared to, and someone that's that's there for you, looking out for you." So she was like. I'm with AAM, you should meet Becca Tishker. And I was like, okay, cool. So we met at a restaurant called Sweet Butter, and I was wearing 
a an Iowa Hawkeye sweatshirt. <laughs> and you could take the girl out of Iowa, but you can't take <laughs> yeah. Iowa out of the girl. <laughs> Yellow, always. Yeah. And so I sit down, she was like, Is that a Hawkeye sweater? And I was like, Yeah. She was like, I'm from Dubuque, Iowa. And I was like, I'm from Davenport, which are literally neighboring towns. I was like, this is so random and weird. And we just hit it off so quickly. And I was just like, where's the pen? The only two women from Iowa in the music business. Actually, you probably know like 15 and I just like (laughs) belittled Iowa. And only one other. I only know one other guy from Iowa. Who? Jason Reeves. Oh, yeah. yeah, From Iowa. So, so small. So you go, you guys meet at that and then. Yeah. And then I was just like. I'm obsessed with you. Yeah. I want to work with you all the time. Yeah. So far, so good. So far, so good. Yeah. She's been with me for six years. and How do you How do you meet Justin? Justin? Yeah. So I had been working with the same people all the time. Who were Lindy? Lindy, Jason. Evigan. Evigan, Ian yeah. Kirkpatrick, Sean Douglas, Sam Martin. That whole crew, we we yeah. used to call ourselves the. We used to have a thing called the Banana Camp that we would put together every year, and we would go to like Lake Arrowhead, and and we would just write songs for a week and then leave. And but those were my main collaborators for a really long time. And I'm such a creature of habit. Like if it's going really well and it's not broken, why fix it? Well, I mean, each one of those, each one of those writers has had like worldwide major major songs (laughs) like it's not like it's not like you're collaborating some people get stuck in their their first writing teams where it's like most of LA and New York or anywhere you know their first writing teams aren't comprised of like you know comprised composed of of, you know (laughs) five five writers who each have you know just Right. massive amounts of sales and like radio play and stuff yeah. and like you're joining in from there so yeah. I could see why you'd get like, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna leave like the nicest crew of humans right. <laughs> you know? that are super talented <laughs> and super I learn nice. a lot from yeah, yeah, sure. yeah so yeah I mean they've they taught me so much I'm so grateful for them I, especially Lindy I mean I wouldn't be here without her so uh one day I was like you know I feel kind of stuck. I'm feeling a little uninspired. Maybe I should try new people just for a week. And if it's terrible, I I have my crew and I'm cool. I'm good with it. So Alyssa Fellman was my day-to-day at AAM at the time. And Alyssa and Katie Vinton at Warner Chapel put Justin and I together during that week with a producer named Felix Snow. And... I was still a pretty nervous wreck when it came to writing with new people. So I walk in the studio. Justin has on full makeup, platinum blonde hair, this parachute suit and these, you know, like five-inch boots, just living his life. Fabulous. Just so (laughs) fabulous. And he's like... We should do something like 90s in Vogue. And I was like, mm, let's not, maybe. And um, I'm going to go bake. 
<laughs> that day right, was honestly make, like, so insane so okay before we started writing because of course i was like too nervous i was like should we go eat something maybe just to you know get to know each other maybe a little bit so i have no concept of temperature i wear sweaters in the summer and shorts in the winter and i was wearing a full-on winter coat and justin was like why are you like why are you wearing a winter coat in 90 degree weather and I did this kind of motion with my arms where I just kind of threw my hands up and I was like, eh, you know, it's just, this is what I do. And this crazy woman, Kitty Corner from us, just across the street, thought that I was looking at her and was like, what? And <laughs> it was insane. So we're walking and we hear someone talking behind us and... And she comes up to us and she looks at Justin and she goes, looks like your little girlfriend here is trying to start problems. And I was like, me? What? <laughs> and, and, and he was like, no, no, no. And then we just walked because we were so uncomfortable. And then we started laughing because we were just like, we didn't know what to do. And she's like, yeah, bitch, keep laughing, keep laughing. And I'm like, Justin, I've never been in a fight before. I don't know what to do. He's like, don't worry, boo, I got you. And we just like ran across the street as fast as we could. And that was kind of that was kind of like the break breaking of the ice moment for us. And then we went back. I hid in a closet. (laughs) (laughs) So I decided to hang out some brooms and some like, uh, you know, some soap and some. I have I have a very weird writing process. I get really stimulated very easily. So if there's a lot happening in the track or if someone is singing in my ear a lot of melodies, I can't I can't think. There's just so much happening. My brain just gets cluttered. So Justin was singing some melodies and Felix was working on things and I was just like I need to, I'm just can I go in there and Justin was like you mean the closet? And I was like, yeah. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Sat in the dark on the floor. Yeah. Justin gave me this this title. It was like, sick of this. Like, once once you, you know, sleep with me, you'll never be sick of this. And, oh, nice. And so I was like, okay, what if we do it like this and this and this? And I like came up with like a little melody while I was sitting in there. Meanwhile, Justin's probably thinking, I'm like a fucking psycho. Yeah. Like, insane. So I opened the door and I'm like, maybe we should do something like this. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. You can be as crazy as you want. Let's do this. And that was kind of the start of our relationship. And our four-year anniversary is actually coming up on September 25th. Oh, wow. So. Happy anniversary. Thanks. Yeah. Um, For a song wife and song husband. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> I follow him My as well. My song hubs. Um. What makes what makes you guys, you know, in the, in the last four years, you guys have obviously done a lot, and we'll go through some of the songs, but what makes you guys good collaborators? Like, what is it that you guys have together that most people don't have? I like to say, well, you know, we have, I think we both have an understanding of what both of us do, and we don't have egos, you know, if I take the lead one day, he's like, cool, and vice versa, if we don't get in each other's way. I think I always say 
together we make one perfect human being. He's really light and really energetic and outgoing and outspoken and I'm kind of broody and introverted and dark and he doesn't have any of those things and most days I don't have those things. So together we just kind of make one perfect human being and that's why we work so well together. Do you guys, I mean, do you guys bicker like a real husband wife? No. We've only gotten into like I, one fight and that's it. Really? What was yeah. it? Can I ask? I don't even remember. It was uh, it was probably something so ridiculous, but we're really quick at being like, okay, that was enough. Like, we're yeah. cool. Like, I love you. Um, so you guys meet and you end up with just a crazy amount of songs coming out. In like 2015, I don't know if there's another artist or writer who has... 2015, and we'll we'll put 16 into because I, I don't really know when these songs were written. I just know when they came out. Right. You know? Um, but you end up with eight songs on Selena. You end up having, I think, nine or something on the Haley Steinfeld album. You know, more, 11? I think... I 1,500? <laughs> we, did, we did the whole EP with her. I don't... Oh, the EP, five songs. Yeah, or whatever I don't remember how many songs that was. And then, you know... So I, I'm not even getting to the to the singles, just the volume of writing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's that thing of uh, at some point your batting average. I know that the next year you have Britney Spears, where I think you had, you know, yeah, five, seven. seven. And then <laughs> for Gwen Stefani, you had 12. Yeah, something like that. You know, even just even just writing that amount of material is a lot of material, let alone like yeah. getting into the songs that are um singles. And I, I guess the thing is like a lot of these artists, are they coming to you and saying, like, I want you to help shape who I am as an artist? Is it just a coincidence and you walk in and it's like, Hey, we all get along, let's just do an album and it's just like it just happens that it all just works out? In that way? A lot of the times it's it's that first initial meet when we make something really special. And the chemistry is just there right off the bat. And then, you know, you all feel comfortable with each other and you feel like you can be open with each other and and no one's going to judge you. And I think that's a really big thing for artists. You know, they... They want to be able to say what they want without, you know, being reprimanded, <laughs> yeah. you know. And um, I think when they find somebody that they can be open and honest with, it's rare for them. And they don't want to mess with it. When we did Used to Love You for Gwen, that was our first session that we had. And Justin had been working with her. I had a mental breakdown and I went to Iowa because I was just like, I can't work anymore. I'm so tired. So he worked with her for a little while and then uh, they had me come in. And we just talked about anything and everything. She just poured her heart and soul out. And she had these notes that she had written down in her computer. And she was reading these notes. And in those notes, she said... I don't know why I cried, but I think it's because I remembered for the first time since I hated you that I used to love you and just kept reading. And I was just like, oh, 
Like, have you ever heard somebody say something and you just feel winded? Like, like someone just punched you in the gut with emotions and you're like, I had that feeling and I was like, we have to write that. And I think we wrote it in about 40 minutes and we were laughing and crying and dancing. And I think it was just such a special moment that we just continued it. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Did you have moments in there because of how many because you were writing a lot for female artists, but yeah. then you have, you know, of Sorry, come out with yeah. Justin Bieber. Yeah. Was there ever a pushback from male artists? Because you're, did you ever feel like you weren't welcome into certain rooms because you're female? Uh, no, I've never felt like I wasn't welcome. When I was younger, I felt like I wasn't welcome mostly for being so young, you know, People don't want to mess with you because they don't think that you know what you're doing when you're 18, 19. And a lot of the times you don't, but you know that you want to be there and you know that you have something that you can bring to the table. But a lot of people don't want to take those risks. And so I'm really grateful for the people that did. It's also super relative. I mean, I I, I was in a band until I was like 29 or 30. Yeah. And then I started co-writing yeah. and like really like trying to do it. Right. So you start co-writing on some level when you're 16. Yeah. So when you have your biggest year, basically when you're 20, 21, 22, 23, right. it's essentially like the same amount of time as whenever somebody else starts. You just right. started before everyone. Yeah. Everyone else thinks they're like, well, when I was 16, I was in high school. Right. I mean, I was wearing like music suspenders <laughs> yeah. and like a Burt and Ernie tie. <laughs> And singing like Amazing. in front of fluorescent lights in like some Amazing. you know corral room in, in Deerfield, Illinois. Like, Genius. I didn't know that like you know you could be a, a professional yeah. human at that age. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. so like I think people just don't 
they're looking at through their through their prism right. and they just don't realize that how a lot of the times how, too how off that is people think it happens overnight oh yeah it does not i wrote hundreds and hundreds of songs yeah before those songs came out yeah you know it's it's not it's not easy art is not easy did you know that you know you had had singles and Slow Down was really big. You know, a lot of these songs were, were pretty big songs, but nothing really was as big as Sorry. No. You know, that came out and it was like, uh, oh. <laughs> it was like, oh, there are hits, there are hits, there are hits. Oh, then there's yeah. what that is. Yeah. Um, when you were done writing it, did you know? No. I had no idea. None. No clue. We H- had how actually. How did you learn so- that it was like a good song? So we had been doing, uh, we had been working on the Haley EP during the day, and we were asked by Josh Goodwin to come in and try writing a couple songs for for the album, and we never did night sessions because. I work 12 to 6 and then I'm so mentally drained that I just there's no way I can do another one. And Justin Tranter was like we should go. We should just do it. Like it's an hour of our time. It's fine. And I was just like it's so political. There's no way we're going to get on this record. It's just not going to happen. So he was like Shh, let's just go. <laughs> so we go there. We we do the first night. We actually thought the the song from the first night was way better. And then... What was that? It never came out. What was it called? Uh, it was called Like You Mean It, I think. And then um, and then the second night we wrote Sorry. And Goodwin comes in. He's like, this song is so good. And we're like, really? Okay, cool. And then it made its way to Chelsea Avery and Scooter Braun. And everybody just loved it and i think from the time that it had been written to the time it had come out it was all of three weeks we um the original version had stutters in the verses and uh justin didn't like those it was like you go 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 and give me my my, 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 my honesty and justin didn't like those so i think two days later or something we changed them with like little filler lines, like you gotta go and get angry at all of my honesty, and um, and then it came out like three weeks later. It was just insane, and then it was everywhere. We had we we had no clue. We had no idea. Had I I know you could you can hear your voice in other songs that had come out before that. Yeah, but the background yeah. is so clearly you. It's not even tweaked. <laughs> no. It's it's pitch shifted up because we actually we wrote it in a different key for my voice, and we had to obviously pitch it up for Justin to be able to sing it. But yeah, it's to to people that know me and know my voice like you guys do because we've worked together a bunch, and you've heard me on demos. It's like it's very clearly my voice. I mean that's a crazy thing. Yeah, it's almost featuring <laughs> you in that way. It's so big. Yeah. Um, so that same, and I, I'm I know I'm out of order on these things, but like, good for you. Yeah. It of it really is sort of the difference of Selena being, 
you know, slowdown makes a lot of sense for when that Which, came out. Yeah, you know, course. like and and for that's more in the Hollywood era. It's you know, it's really safe. And then good for you kind of is, you know, sorry is a big song, but. In a way, Justin is such a big artist that mm-hmm. it supersedes like all the other people involved in it. Like right. everyone knows who's writing it and all that stuff, and right. you hear you in it and all that. Right. But good for you is like a moment where I feel like it's so different. Yeah. And it's so like not a hit in quotes. Right. You know, like it, yeah. it doesn't follow the math. No. It's just to me, that's the first time where I think people realize, oh, there's there is something behind this song that's mm-hmm. not um, the usual writing world. Mm-hmm. This is like an instinctual yeah. choice on some level. Right. As big of it as a hit that is for Selena to be like, hey, I'm a woman now and I'm not, I'm no longer, you know, in my previous deal. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that for you too. Yeah. Did you feel that way? Like, do you feel like it represents you in that part of your life in a unique way? I don't know if another song had come out at that point, or maybe I just didn't know the discography. (sighs) But, like, to me, it felt like that was, like, a huge moment of this is Julia writing, like, a Julia song. Yeah, I think, you know, over time, you start, you stop kind of listening to what other people want and stop and start listening to your instincts and trusting your instincts and stop trying to please other people. And you're just like, I'm just going to do what I want. And if it works, awesome. And if it doesn't, okay. Did someone encourage and you or was there like an epiphany? It was kind of an epiphany. I, I've always really loved songs that were really conversational uh, because I am that way. And we had written good for you on a Sunday in about 40 minutes. I had had 14 carats written down in my notes on my phone. And basically what you hear from first verse down to the end of the course, I just went on the mic and I just sang that down and came out. Justin and I finished finished the rest, recorded that, and then we left. We had an hour left in the studio and that's what we did and we just left. Which she did how soon from that to when she heard it? I don't remember. Right. I I'm not sure. But I think I think I remember being like on my treadmill uh, in Iowa with my mom around Christmas time and listening to that song and being like, Katie, we should maybe we should send this for Selena. Maybe this could be really cool. And it just happened really quickly. It was actually not even supposed to be a single. It was supposed to be uh, kind of like a, this is, this is your new sound, welcome to the world, uh, kind of like a hype track situation. And I, I was in Paris when I got the email being like, Hey, uh, we're going to release the album soon. Looks like uh, Good For You is going to come out next month. Congrats. And I was like, oh, awesome. Because I wasn't thinking anything of it. They were like, it's going to be a hype track. It's, it's, it's like, it's nothing. I was like, great. 
So then I get a call from Katie and she's like, are you so excited? I was like, yeah, it's a hype. Like, yeah. She's like, no, it's the single. It's actually, it's the single. It's coming out. It's the first single. And I was like, what? And I remember jumping on the bed in Paris, just freaking out that this was real and this was happening. It's so funny because, you know, the the other side of that was also hearing um, that I got the call being like, listen, same old love is not going to be yeah. the first single. <laughs> and being like, I'm going to sit down on my bed right now and be like, I, I don't know what this song is that's going to be first, but I hope it's fucking huge because the bigger good for you, right. you know, the, big, yeah, the bigger course. the first song is, the better shot for the second single. And, right. and thank you for writing the second single and it being as big as it was because so then, then it hands lands to myself. Hands to myself. So let's go there. <laughs> this is convenient. Um, we should have planned that. Um Hands to Myself is another one where it's just like, it, it you know, the, the verse and the chorus melodies are kind of the same yeah. you know so it's another one of those moments of like yeah you guys can like go write your songs and do right. your busy this and busy that but i'm gonna just write my song right you know um tell me about writing that i had recorded a voice note so i tend to be a very touchy person as y'all know i love to hug people what? and be like hi you know so Matt man and robin were in town and we were working on something and I was giving them like a, I was giving Robin like a, a hug and I was like leaning on him like, like this. And Justin was like, let's go. We're almost done. And I was like, I'm sorry. I can't keep my hands to myself. And I was like, hmm. Title. <laughs> Title. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. the light bulb moment. Ding. Was like, ding. Yeah. <laughs> and so I left and I recorded this little voice note, this 10-second voice note. And it's just like, can't keep my hands to myself. And you can hear my car, like, screaming at me to put my seatbelt on. Because I'm just, like, recording yeah. in my car while I'm driving. Very unsafe. So unsafe. And don't <laughs> try that at home, kids. Right. And so Aaron Bashock at Interscope called us and was like, we're one week away from going to mastering, mixing and mastering and all of that stuff. Do you have any, any more magic in you guys to just come in and write something? And we were like, we can try. Yes. <laughs> so we wrote, I think, one or two songs that week and nothing just felt right. And I think the third day... I came in and I was like, okay, call me crazy, but I have this really weird voice note and I think it could be really cool to make it really simple and sparse and, and kind of whispered and sexy, something she hasn't done yet. Um, let's just try it. And again, we wrote it really quickly. I flubbed the, the bridge, the, I mean, I could, but why would I want to? In the, yeah. in the, on the mic. In the, I and was like, is. bear with me, guys. <laughs> right. And I just tried, I just experimented with some things. And then Beisha came in, Selena came in, and everyone just was just like, this is it. Like, we're, we're good. Like, this is it. And we all just. So, so I remember hearing that song being like, don't make mine third. <laughs> <laughs> just don't make mine third. I love this song. Just, just give me a shot, bro. Um, you have. 
close, you know, other other songs that were, you know, coming out, Love Myself and Clo- for Haley yeah. and Close for Nick Jonas yeah. and All in My Head for Fifth Harmony again with them, yeah. you know. Um, those those all do well. Yeah. You know, they all end up getting, I believe, to top 10 on yeah. radio or mm-hmm. 15 or something like that, something somewhere like. in the top 20. Yeah. Do you check charts? Oh, yeah. Does like, it change your mood? Like, yes. do you? <laughs> it totally does. Are you able to enjoy the success of the songs that aren't number ones? Yeah, of course. The, I mean, there are songs that I just love, and I don't care if it goes or not. Like, Bad Liar is one of my favorite songs I've ever been a part of. And I think it, I don't even know if it even went top 10, but I don't even care because I just love that song so much. You wrote that in a really interesting place. I mean, I, I was, I think we were on the bus right after you guys were. I think you guys were, in, uh, maybe that wasn't Bad Liar. I thought no. that there was some, I know you guys were writing on the bus and you yeah. were in Florida during the Orlando <sighs> shooting. Yeah, we were. Um, so I thought that the, it that's was when kind that of was... we were in we were in Florida for like all th- for three really intense events. Um, the night Christina Grimmie got shot. All right. We were leaving Orlando, and when we got to Miami, I think the Orlando thing had just happened. So Justin actually flew back to go and help. I was going to fly with him, but he was like, "Julia, you're an anxious piece of shit." <laughs> don't don't come with me. You're not going to be able to handle like all of the trauma. So I was like, okay, I'll stay here. I'll write stuff. I'll just try and get as many ideas as we possibly can. Selena was heartbroken about Christina. So it was just a really weird time when we were on that bus. Oh, and then after Orlando, the that kid got eaten by an alligator at Disneyland. It was just like, it was like three and so crazy... Uh, just in crazy intense things that had happened. But as a response to it, you guys did a song that I don't think people like, I don't think that there was enough push for it, but the hand yeah. song that you had, you guys, yeah. you guys pushed to have, I mean, you wrote this song yeah. and for people who don't know it, they should look it up, but there's, it's featuring everybody. Yeah. yeah um, we're really proud of that. It, it's a weird thing when you write a song that kind of goes to charity and is also like yeah. sort of a we are the world yeah. moment. Um, so Justin really wanted to do a charity song and he was going to do a song that had already been done, like a cover, a charity cover. And the song that he wanted to do, which I don't remember which one it was, was um, they wouldn't clear it. And, which is crazy, right? So we were like, let's just write our own. What what are we doing? So we did hands. And, I mean, Justin, it was his birthday when we were flying home from, from that tour. And he was on the phone nonstop, contacting people, asking for favors, trying to get as many people involved as possible. I mean, that guy will forever be my hero for for that. 
like I really can't take any credit for that song. I, I wrote it with him, but he really did all of that work. I'm so proud of him. And I mean, the song came together so quickly and it's, it was so beautiful to hear all of their voices together, coming together for something that was just so dark and really needed needed attention, you know? How did working with, you know, this year you got to work with some really interesting kind of alternative male artists. You got to work with, um, you're on the Bleachers album? Yes. Which is really exciting. So exciting. Um friend of the podcast, Jack Antonoff. Mm-hmm. You were you got to work with Ed Sheeran, this guy from the United <laughs> Kingdom. Yeah, just this guy. Yeah, no big deal. And then Heavy for Linkin Park. Yeah. Which I worked on that album too, and that's got to be like the most complicated thing. You know, like I listened back to the, that song that we did, and it like it has a whole new meaning now. Mm-hmm. And it's very... Intense. I don't know how. You, yeah, it's really intense. Yeah. How did you deal with that? The the loss of Chester. It was very confusing. You know, I didn't know Chester very well, but the little time that I had spent with him, he was really funny and really outgoing. Him and Mike would just have the most ridiculous, playful banter back and forth, and we'd all just laugh and have a great time and every time I would see him it's like hey how are you you know I'm I'm awesome ready for this tour I'm so excited about this song all right I gotta go I love you I'm like I love you too you know you would never thought you just didn't know no and you know I said this I said this to, to someone the other day when you're a songwriter you you write so many songs that sometimes you start to see things in a generalized kind of sense and you forget that somebody, this is what somebody is feeling. You're like, oh, that's relatable. Yeah, people feel weighed down by their problems. Sometimes things feel heavy. But you don't realize what someone is trying to say to you because it's, it's masked with warmth and love and humor and happiness. So... When that happened, I definitely listened to Heavy in a whole new perspective, and I can't listen to it now. There's a lyric in the one that we did, and the chorus is like, you know, I scream to myself when there's nobody else to fight. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, man. Yeah. I mean, he showed me his lyrics in his phone, you know, for the, for a lot of it, and yeah. then we were just back and forth, and, and the whole thing is like, Oh, it's it's a dark, it's a Linkin Park song. You right. know, like, here's this guy. I know, you know, of yeah. course, I know what this is. Right. But, like, listening to it now is like, oh, boy, man. It's this a is lot. Like, yeah. Um, on a happier subject, mm-hmm. um, I did actually talk to Brad and Mike recently. Me too. And so, like, yeah. um, they were, you know, they will figure oh, yeah. out what to do. Yeah. Um, the last song, you know, before we get to the fun part, is, um, you know, Friends for Bieber comes out about yeah. a w- two weeks ago or so. Yeah. By the time this comes out, I don't know, six weeks, something like that. Um, that's a big song. Yeah. Once again, how do you feel about it? 
Uh, <laughs> I'm very thankful that I get to keep continuing this thing with Justin. Uh, it's funny, Goodwin FaceTimed me before Friends came out, and I answered the phone, and it was Bieber. And I was like, oh, hi. Let me, I was driving. I was like, let me pull over. I do a lot of things while I'm driving. Uh-huh. Probably that I shouldn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and he was like, I'm about to record Friends. I'm really excited about this song. And I was like, awesome. I'm so excited that you're going to do it. He's like, we've done a lot of things together. I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm excited that we get to continue this. I was like, me too, man. So it was like a really cool, really cool little moment. So you're a pop mm. star. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Am I pop star? I don't know. I mean, what would, well, look, I think I like when people start are talking about potential best new artists for the Grammys and you know, however that works out, it works out. Right. But, you know, are there's a dearth of women writers who are not trying to compete with what's cool. Right. And they're doing their own thing. Right. There are, I think the best writers as far as artists are concerned right now and yeah. for a few years have been women. I think you look at... I you know, do. whether from from Katy Perry and Kesha and, and Megan Trainor and like like girls write uh, Taylor Swift. Right. There a lot of them are really like A-list writers, not like they're not, you know, it's no joke. But you come out with issues and I feel like the response has been insane. Yeah. <gasps> but it feels it feels like people, you know, I, I grew up. Right when, you know, Alanis Morissette is like, is killing it, right. you know, and she's super honest with their lyrics. And people are like, are you allowed to be honest with your <laughs> lyrics? And like, can you are say you those things? Are you allowed to not be vague? That's yeah. weird. <laughs> can you say I'm, I go down on you in a theater? And like, can you say that in, a, in like your debut song, you know? Damn right. But you can and you can, you can. like, you can do these things. Did you feel when issues came out? Were you prepared for what was about to happen? Not even a little bit. I We wrote the song. We actually wrote Issues the day Sorry went number one on Billboard. And I was in a relationship at the time, and we got in a really shitty fight about something. And I was like, really, of all days, today? And I was so upset about it that we actually wrote Issues that day. And, you know, sometimes you write things that are just a little too personal. And then, you know, someone wants to cut it and you're just like, yeah, but this one's a little too close to home. And Charlie Walk at Republic had been trying to coax me into signing with them for a while. Like, took me to see the Carol King musical, you know, just so badly wanted to wanted me to do this and for the longest time I just said no I think it was more because I'm just a really insecure person and I've just never thought that I was really good enough to do to be an artist and I sent him this song one day I said what do you think of this and he said well what do you want me to think of the song and I was like let's I don't know let's just put it out and just see what happens maybe if, you know, if 
few people like it, then awesome. That's like I don't want to be famous. I just I just want I just want to make connections with people. And then we put out in January, and it just wasn't. It just overnight. Do you get stopped a lot now? Uh, sometimes. Very, very, very random places. The other day I went to Disneyland. I guess this isn't a very random place, but I went to <laughs> Disneyland with some of my friends. And this little girl, we were getting on It's a Small World, and this little girl with her mom or her grandmother were in the boat, and I walked up to the gate to wait for hours. And she looked up at me, and she smiled, and I smiled back, and then she turned away and then looked back up as if she had just seen, like, you know, a shooting star or something. And I was like... Hi. And she was like, and just kept looking back as the boat was moving yeah. forward. And she was like, oh, my God. It was really, really cute. So there are definitely moments. It's funny because I just don't, I don't think of myself as anything other than someone that just writes music that I want to write. And, and, and so then when that happens, I'm like, oh, right. I'm not just a songwriter anymore. People know who I am. Now and it's really cool. People will come up to me and be like, "I'm a big fan," and I'll give them a really big hug and I'll just be like, "Thank you so much." I mean, so much because it really does. You know, like I said, it doesn't happen overnight, and and it's it's hard. You know, for so for someone to feel that connected to you and your music, it's just it's a, it's a really great feeling. Are you gonna write with other artists still? Yeah. I'm trying to be Batman and Bruce Wayne at the same time. Nice. <laughs> That's fucking rad. <laughs> That's the sickest. Ever. Um, uh-huh's come out. How many, like, are, are you going to keep releasing singles off this? Or are you going to keep doing... Off the mini know? album? Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Are we, you already writing for the next thing? Do you already have the songs? I'm already writing for the next... Th- uh, I think what I'm going to end up doing is another mini album i i've been writing i don't have all the songs yet but it's coming along yeah yeah all right i'm gonna list five people and just tell me the first thing that comes off the top of your head okay okay lindy robbins cat lady (laughs) (laughs) you know that was good that's really funny katie vinton Mama. Mav's mom. Mama. Well, I mean, industry mom. Pub mom. Yeah. That too, right? Yeah, exactly. Your mama. Mama. <laughs> yeah, right. Pub mom. Becca Tischker. Oh, man, I have so many words. Strong, independent, badass, hero. Katie Vinton, also hero. Lindy, also hero. Jaden Michaels. Oh. Warm and supportive and beautiful. Justin Tranner. Fabulous. Fantastic. Energetic. What's a song you wish you wrote? Ooh. I mean, my go-to will always be I Can't Make You Love Me. <laughs> Bonnie Raitt. I mean, it's just one of those timeless songs that just murders your insides every time you hear it. I was with Sean Douglas and Ammo yesterday, oh, and yeah? we were sitting around a piano singing that. Like three growing ass men being so like, cool. I 
can't make you love me. Singing harmony with each yep. other and like kind of yep. holding each other at the same. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Um, <laughs> what's a message that you have for up and coming writers? A message I have for up and coming writers is to trust your instincts and write what you want to hear on the radio. Not what you think other people want to hear. Write what you want to say. So um, I meet with you know a lot of up-and-coming writers. Yeah. And I think this has been, this is really cool. I, I had a meeting yesterday and everyone in the office was like referring to you as Julia. They just refer to you as Julia. Like, like it's like Madonna <laughs> or Pink. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, when you talk, you could say Katie and Kesha and, right. and, you know, Megan, whatever. You already know who I'm talking about. Right. You know, you can go Alicia, if I, whoever. Well, I guess Alicia could be pink also. But, you know, the gist of it, Gwen, you, you just name them and you know who it is. And the fact is, is that there is a whole generation that's already calling you Julia. That's crazy. And in the business, you are now referred to as Julia. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. That is the coolest shit. Like they don't say Julia Michaels, and and all. A lot of these women are really good, like really good, and their their path. I keep explaining like what works about what you're doing is that, mm. you know, it wasn't like you. There are a few people who tried to do what you're doing, mm-hmm. and didn't succeed as it as well as you have. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. C has done really well at it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Carol King, go back. And like, there are obviously, <sighs> you know, there obviously are people who've done it, but the the vast majority of people who've had like right. a, a moment as hit writers and then tried to do the artist thing, it didn't, maybe didn't fare as well. Right. Um, but some of it is because you wrote always honestly, right. even for other people. Yeah. So like, there was sort of like a, it was an easier transition than being like, okay, that was my how I write for other people. Right. This is how I write now for myself. And when right. people hear that, they're like, yeah, but I actually wanted you to sing right. the songs you wrote for other people. And on some level, not, you know, in, in the way that it, the honesty is. Right. So I think it's really interesting because you're influencing a whole generation of up and coming women in the music industry. That's awesome. Um, and I think you're now maybe, referred to as Julia. I love that. I think sometimes the reason why certain songwriters turn artists maybe don't work as well also is because they give that sound to one specific artist. Whereas I have spread that sound to yeah. multiple different artists. So. Sure. So the competition's different. It's not like it becomes like more like part of the musical landscape. Yeah. And not like competing with another artist. Exactly. So really interesting. I think that's maybe why maybe why sometimes it turns out a little different. I'm not I'm not sure though. Who knows? On a personal note. Yes. First of all, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. There aren't a ton of people that that go out of their way to check up on other writers and their families and how they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you've made a an effort over the last year and a half to check up on me and my wife a lot. Of course. And it's so incredibly appreciated. And I am so proud of you because 
you are exactly who you say you are. Thank you. And I think I think people who want to know who you are just listen to your songs. Thank you. And like I can't compliment you better than that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a huge compliment. But, thank you so um, much. Thank you for doing this. Love you. And I love you too. there we go. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of And The Writer Is. If you want to hear music from this songwriter I just interviewed, be sure to check out our Spotify playlist or visit our website at andthewriteris.com. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter. And The Writer Is is produced by Joe London, edited by Miles Bergsma, and published by Big Deal Music. A special thanks to David Silberstein from Mega House Music and Michael White. On next week's episode, we sit down with Charlie Puth. And then after that, after you said that, I was like, Then I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. And then we look at each other and we like start crying. It was two dudes who had never met each other before start crying in front of each other and he goes up to me he's like hug me brother and we just i'm getting like chills thinking about it right now two people who were with each other for two hours were crying and hugging each other just because of one line and we wrote the entire song and we spent uh we we started making the production uh we worked on until like 2 a.m the and that's my voice and I did that because I knew he produced Tonight I'm Effing You by Enrique and I'm like I'm gonna really impress him right now because I'm gonna do yeah Um, (laughs) and I was like bro we need we need and so the next day we're so and I'll never forget Mike came in and uh, uh, we took him out of a meeting with like Simon Cowell and he was like what he was pissed he was like what is so important and we and we play him that and he like starts like tearing up too and he just and i just met mike too and he was like give me the pound you just nailed it and that's the song that and i'll never forget a hundred people came in and out of the studio that day and they notified the movie company they were like we have your song until next time this is ross Golan. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 